0: Will, hello! Welcome to the, what, you talk about Willis podcast? I'm Billy, I'm here with Jones. We watched the kid last week. Jones, did the kid touch your inner child? Snarf,
1: snarf, it sure did, snarf.
0: How'd you watch this?
1: I watched it on television.
0: <laughs> on Disney Plus?
1: Uh, yeah, yeah, it was on Disney Plus. Thank God, another freebie.
0: Yeah, we've been getting lucky with the freebies. I had this on DVD. I watched it on DVD.
1: Of course you did. Of course you did
0: This was released on July 7th, 2000. Do you remember what you were doing on July 7th, 2000?
1: It was in the year 2000. 2000, where would I have been? So this is right before, oof. I think I was actually in, no, I wasn't in the Virgin Islands yet. I was at IUP. July of 2000, I was probably at IUPR on my way there.
0: It was directed by John Turtletub. John Turtletub is a Nepo baby. His dad worked on the Carol Burnett show, Sanford and Son, What's Happening, and Kate and Alley.
1: I don't think that's a Nepo baby. I think that's maybe just he had talent too because his parents were talented. Turtle Taub. what do you call him? Turtle Tub?
0: Turtle Tub?
1: <laughs> Turtle Tub is where you keep your turtles, man. Turtle Taub? Sadly, you got to say Taub. Turtle Taub?
0: We went to a pet store around here. Um, this is a long time ago. And they were giving away turtles because, like, the next day a law was going into effect. So we had four turtles for a little while.
1: What happened to those turtles?
0: I put them in, the, like, the lake behind our house.
1: You put your turtles into the, the slough that runs behind your house, the sewage that runs behind your house. So they're te- you just released Teenage Mutant Ninja Turtles.
0: I did. There was four of them.
1: Well, Teenage Mutant Ninja Turtles in Virginia Beach would have. They, I mean, in that in the, in the what is it? The five cities, five crossroads, whatever it is.
0: Seven cities, Hampton. Yeah, Roots. whatever.
1: Hampton Roads. They do. There's a lot of crime they could bust around there. Uh, there's a shredder. There's a shredder equivalent that probably sells heroin.
0: Did you ever see that SNL skit? It's a cartoon of middle-aged Ninja Turtles.
1: <laughs> no that sounds fun it, though
0: yeah i'll send it to you it's like it's like two minutes of fun yeah john Turtletub also directed three ninjas cool runnings while you were sleeping and a couple of national treasure movies so i'm sure he made money on those what
1: is it a bundle a, was the budget 60 million 65 million
0: yeah 65 million, 65 million. 110 at the box office that's pretty good
1: globe globally 69 close to 70 in the u.s which is, which is one of the first times where one of Bruce's movies is out, you know, it's outdone itself domestically versus internationally.
0: This opened at number four behind The Patriot, The Perfect Storm, and Scary Movie. Those were all massive hits.
1: Yeah, they were huge. I imagine that those were out. Were those out around, all at the same time? They all released in a similar week?
0: I think they were all out the same week. Like, mm. releases at the same weekend, not they were already in place.
1: Hmm. That's four good movies. Well, three good movies. But we'll see what this one rates.
0: There were 5,000 kids were seen for the role that Spencer Breslin got.
1: 5,000?
0: Yeah, and I saw a bunch of them on the the DVD. I watched some of the extra features, and they were just lined up like cattle. Uh, Spencer Breslin was also in Mike Myers' A Cat in a Hat. Uh, He was nominated for a Saturn Award and won a Young Artist Award for this role.
1: Yes, he did. Two nominated for two, got one. Um, where was the awards thing? I wanted to. Well, you hit on that. Let's at least hit on the award. So, Academy of Science Fiction, Fantasy, and Horror Films. You're familiar with the ASFFHF, right? Definitely. Yeah. So he was a nominee in 2001. Young Young Artist Award. Won that. It was nominated for by the Young Artist Awards. It was nominated also for Best Family Feature Film. And it was also a 2000 nominee for the Stinker Award for the most intrusive musical score by Mark Shaman and Jason White.
0: Yeah, the score was bad. I, I had that written down in my my, right. my monkey rating. That, that was like comically yes. bad.
1: Very bad. Very bad. Torturously bad. At times.
0: Like a good score, you're either like, hey, this soundtrack is kicking ass or you don't notice it. And this was just like oh my god. It was like the the uh price is right sound when, when you fuck up That's the game.
1: Pretty Did you close. see how
0: how Bruce got himself involved in this movie?
1: Tell me a story.
0: So Bruce agreed to do a three picture deal. To compensate the studio for the dissolution of the Broadway brawler movie.
1: Broadway brawler movie. Not familiar.
0: It was going to be a hockey movie. I think Mm. in the vein of like major league, but hockey. They spent $20 million out of the $28 million budget. And they shot for three weeks. 20 days into filming, Bruce fired a bunch of people and Disney shut down the production.
1: I got one. I know exactly what happened. I know why that movie was shut down like that. They spent so much money so quickly. Fucking ice time is expensive, man. It's not cheap.
0: I saw a video on YouTube that some local had taken. They were filming by his house, and he went out with a camera and filmed a bunch of stuff. And It was kind of interesting.
1: Bruce had a fit about it.
0: (laughs) Yeah, he signed an NDA. So since Bruce had a $20 million price tag at this time, Bruce's agent came up with Bruce would do Armageddon for $3 million to cover the other $17 million that that was wasted on the Broadway brawler.
1: So he only got – well, that's all he got paid. He had to have gotten some royalty money out of it too though, right? I would hope so.
0: Yeah, he probably had points and stuff. So the three movies he agreed to do for Disney to compensate for the Broadway brawler were The Sixth Sense – Armageddon, and then this, which all combined for $1.3 billion at the box office. Wow. The Broadway brawler co-star Daniel Baldwin, maybe the least dangerous Baldwin brother. <laughs> and, uh, <laughs> That's what she thinks. New- news Radio's Mara Tierney. Tur-
1: Mara Tierney.
0: She's great. I love News Radio. I watch it uh, every once in a while. It's on the Roku channel
1: you know what I, i'm watching the latest season of fargo and dave foley is like an integral role he has plays an integral role as an attorney to this very powerful woman and he's only got he's got an eye patch he wears like a velvet white eye patch he's got totally ghost white hair he's fucking great this Kids is the all. second
0: yeah i was gonna say this is the second episode you you're really selling me on this fargo thing it sounds better every time you talk about it
1: i'm telling you dave foley if that doesn't sell it and did you, did you watch ted lasso
0: I watched the first season. I, it was all right.
1: So Keely Jones is one of the characters in that. She becomes a main character, of course, and she's actually the starring role in this season Fargo. And she plays like a she plays a Minnesota nice, you know, badass tigress woman who escaped an abusive husband. Let's not get into that. We're not doing a review of season five of Fargo, even though it's great.
0: Hey, the Bruce Willis podcast would will take all kinds of twists and turns. John Hamm is in the latest season of Fargo, right?
1: John Hamm is, and he plays the antagonist. He's the um, bad, beat-up-my-women, old-school local sheriff who hates the federal government.
0: I just watched hey, a movie with with John it's... Hamm in it today. Him and Tina Fey. You're in a movie called Maggie Moores on Hulu. Yeah,
1: I just watched it. Uh, Lindsay and I watched it uh, last night.
0: Yeah, it was pretty good.
1: It was all right. She didn't like it. She fell asleep at times, and I thought it was pretty cute.
0: Did she watch The Kid with you?
1: No, as per usual, I watched this totally alone. Even when people came home, I invited them to watch, and everybody said no.
0: Uh, it's a family movie. you got to watch it with your family.
1: Yeah, but I'd have to listen to them complain. <laughs> that would make it worse.
0: In the Broadway brawler, Bruce was supposed to play Eddie Kapinski.
1: What's Eddie, Eddie, Eddie Kapinski? What's he do?
0: Eddie Kapinski. I don't know. He was a retired hockey player down on his luck. and It's a shame that movie will never get made.
1: Wah, wah. Wah, wah. And
0: on the Billboard music <laughs> charts, the week of July seventh, 2000, was Enrique Iglesias, Aaliyah, The Real Slim Shady. It's Gonna Be Me by NSYNC. There You Go by Pink. I thought Pink was going to be a one-hit wonder when that song was out.
1: I don't think, I think I don't agree with that. I think I thought Pink was going to be a big deal. Big big deal, little deal, no deal. She was going to be a big deal. Stanky, trashy, white girl, you know, aesthetic that everybody loved at that time. She was perfect. From, From Philly? Oh, yeah, she's got the attitude.
0: Yeah, this uh, video hit me. I've never seen it. I'm like, she's not going to be around after this summer. <laughs> Here she is 20-some years later. She's great. I, 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 This is the greatest hits.
1: We almost went to see her with, we were planning on it for a long time, me and Lindsay to go up and see her with Damas.
0: Roger Ebert gave this three out of four stars. He called it a sweet film with a cornball plot, but Willis adds credibility just by being in it and gifted in areas of comedy and pathos. What's pathos? I was gonna ask you that.
1: <laughs> I think it's like one of the there's like ethos, pathos.
0: A quality yeah. that evokes pity or sadness.
1: Yeah, and ethos is something different. What's ethos? Google that. Let's educate the listener.
0: Uh ethos is a Greek word meaning character that is used to describe the guiding beliefs or ideals that characterize a community, nation, or ideology.
1: Yeah, maybe I was thinking something different then. I think that's what it, like psychologically, or what's his name? Aristotle Onassis. He's one of those thinker guys.
0: Anyway, Bruce Willis. A.O. <laughs> Scott said, quote, Mr. Willis stands by while a child swipes a movie out of his open palm.
1: <laughs> Nobody swept anything. We I mean, Breslin, not at his best. I hate, I've said this before, I hate that that. You know, I'm too smart for my own good. Eight-year-old movie characters. This drove that drove me nuts. Uh,
0: yeah, this movie was full of it. Do, do you have full the tagline on this? You want to do the tagline?
1: I do have the tagline. Nobody ever grows up quite like they imagined. That's
0: a good
1: one. But Go if ahead. you saw your if you saw your life today, would you be like, Meh? as an eight-year-old kid? If you like somehow eight-year-old you showed up right now and saw what you were doing, how you were living, would eight-year-old you say? I'm good. That's that's good. I'll stick with I'll stick with the path then.
0: Yeah, probably.
1: I think so, too.
0: (laughs) Yeah, I'm not giving like HGAs to the red light, you know. I got the synopsis here. An unhappy and disliked image consultant gets a second shot at life when he is mysteriously confronted by an eight year old version of himself. That pretty much sums it up.
1: Yeah, this is Bruce's uh, first like family fun film. I guess he thought it was going to be fun to do a family film for Disney compared to what he had done in the recent past, right? Armageddon included. And he wanted to start a film that his daughters that at the time that they could watch and enjoy together as a family. Isn't that sweet?
0: That is sweet. The critics were totally split on this. 49% liked it. 49% didn't like
1: it. Yeah, I read a lot of Rotten Tomato reviews, a lot of IMDb reviews. And it was pretty much split down the middle. I'd say it, fl- it favored more just because, you know, people are assholes, probably. You know, it skewed a little bit worse than better, like 52 to 48% kind of thing.
0: And this was written by Audrey Wells. She also wrote The Truth About Cats and Dogs, which was with Janine Garofalo and Uma Thurman. George of the Jungle with Brendan Fraser. Shall We Dance with Richard Gere, Jennifer Lopez, and Susan Sarandon? The Hate You Give, which was released in 2018, she died the day after it was released. What about Brandon Fraser? Did you see The Whale?
1: I did see The Whale. The Whale was nuts, wasn't it?
0: I never saw it. It, He looked like Brindle, though.
1: No, he's a great big fat person, isn't he?
0: Should I watch it? Yeah, you haven't seen it? Uh Uh-uh. Yeah, the Doughboys joke about it all the time.
1: Yeah, well, for them that's their future, so they keep going at it.
0: <laughs> yeah, then uh, that, that's all I got before we get into the game notes.
1: Um, this is the okay. So a little bit of just one one look, quick little piece of trivia before we get into this. So this is the second of three movies in which Bruce Willis meets a younger version of himself. What was the first one? And what was the last one?
0: It I only saw happened three this. times. Okay, it's Looper and Twelve Monkeys.
1: Oh yeah, you're right. Okay. I guess you I guess you saw the same stuff that I saw.
0: Bruce plays Rusty Duritz. Spencer Breslin also plays Rusty Duritz. Yeah, you mentioned that this was Bruce's first family film. Second. Could you argue that okay, North was the first? Yeah. So we're about all out of family films after this one. Thank God. Let's, let's <laughs> Tim Allen. In reportedly declined the role How do you feel about Tim Allen nowadays?
1: I don't know. I I still I mean Santa Claus is a fantastic movie. You can you can't argue differently. Have You ever seen the Santa Claus?
0: I did. We watched the three of them when Disney Plus first came out, I think. Did have you did you watch the series, the the Santa Claus series? Just two seasons now. With
1: Scott Calvin? With the original Scott Calvin?
0: Yeah, Tim Allen is Really? Yeah.
1: No. Well, obviously no. Then I, I haven't seen it. But that's crazy.
0: That I know. He's doing that. All right. So we open up with a red Wright brothers plane flying around. This is like a through thing throughout the throughout the movie. This red airplane.
1: It was not the Wright brothers, man. This is well after it. it was a biplane, like World War One between World War One, World War Two. It was not the Wright brothers' fucking Kitty Hawk plane that was made out of paper mache and <laughs> bamboo sticks. Jesus Christ, man!
0: <laughs> we start at an airport with Bruce buying some magazines, and he gets stuck behind a patron who's holding up the line. He's annoyed, and he just pays for her stuff so he can keep it moving. She thanks him, but he makes it clear he paid for her stuff in spite of, in spite of her, not not because he was trying to be kind.
1: I've always wanted to do this, by the way. I'm so impatient in lines. I was in a line just today. I was the fourth person back. And the one person that was working the register just walked into the back, 15 minutes, came back out and was like, oh, I'm sorry. I forgot you guys around here. And I was about to scream like, what in the fuck? And I was like, I'll pay for everybody's shit if you let me get my stuff first. I'll pay for everybody that's in front of me. I'll pay for all your shit. And I was like, that's just so illogical. It's a power move. It's It's a complete impatience. I'm the main character of my own movie kind of move is what it is. But it would feel good.
0: It would feel good. Bruce is on the plane and he starts chatting up his seat passenger. It's the wonderful Jane Smart. Have you watched Fucking Hacks? Jane
1: Smart. Never watched Hacks, but Designing Women. She was Designing Women, wasn't she? Yep. Yeah, I loved her. I, I thought, honestly, I thought she and Bruce, I was like, oh my gosh, he's, they're going to bamboozle in the front seat of the plane there. <laughs> we were going to get a little bit of action in this. And I was like, no, this is PG. There's not going to be
0: any nookie into this. Yeah, you should definitely watch Hacks. Yeah, I did think they were going to hook up too. So she asked for a free image co- consultation for her anchor job. She's a news anchor. And Bruce asked what he gets out of it. And she says she'll owe him one, insinuating that she'll be forever indebted to him. All Bruce wants her to do is shut up. We firmly established that Bruce is a pretty much a jerk.
1: <laughs> but you learn why okay he's tortured he's a tortured soul
0: and it's part of his job to you know tell people what he thinks and, and be an fix things. Yeah, it's true so after his flight bruce is in traffic and the wright brothers plane flies right over his head he can't believe it like what's going on here
1: just say biplane i'm not going to continue if you keep saying the wright brothers plane it's insulting to the aviation
0: so who is correct in establishing that they were first in flight, North Carolina or Ohio? They both claim the Wright brothers.
1: Well, they were born in one place and they flew the plane in the other one. Right. I mean, they did a lot of the work probably I'm thinking back in Ohio, but they did it in North Carolina. Everybody knows that. First in flight, baby.
0: First in flight. It's on every license plate. Just like yeah. live free or die.
1: There's nothing to jump off of but bridges in Ohio. <laughs> <laughs>
0: Bruce isn't willing to suffer fools. He doesn't like people who are crying. So that's a theme early in the movie. He he talks about the wambulance.
1: I wrote this down. I was like, that was the first use of the term wambulance in film or TV. That had to have been.
0: That's a keeper. Like, you can bust that out anytime. a good one. Oh, totally. Anytime someone's crying, you be like, oh, what are you going to do? Call the a wambulance? It just makes you want to cry more.
1: I would get angry with, like, rage. I wouldn't cry anymore. I'd start plotting revenge.
0: So here we get the great Lily Tomlin. She's here. She's Bruce's receptionist. She informs Bruce that his father is in his office waiting. Bruce tells her to get him out of there in 60 seconds under the guise of having something more important to do.
1: So Daniel Von Bargen, who plays... That's Russ Duritz's father. His father's name is Sam in the movie. He is... Not as old as we think he might be. <laughs> like, there's no way he could be Bruce Willis's father, because he's only five years older than Bruce Willis. Wow.
0: What?
1: Human years, what not did... dog. Human, not dog years.
0: Yeah, they could have cast anybody in that role. Why? Why did they uh, yeah. pick someone the f- like Bruce's Bruce's age?
1: Where was they go it? Yeah, Bruce Willis play himself, play his father when he was the younger version, yelling at him, you know, doing stuff like that, being a dick, and then. Ava Goda is the old father would have been perfect because Ava Goda and Bruce Willis look nothing alike. Similarly, uh, Bruce Willis and Spencer Breslin look absolutely nothing alike. That was a horrible casting job. I know the kids got chutzpah and charisma and all that shit, but it was horrible. Like they did not look at all alike. It was his first film too. Spencer Breslin's first film.
0: I had that thought, too, that they look nothing alike. I thought he was pretty good in the film. I thought he held his own with Bruce.
1: Oh, that fucking kid. Oh, that fucking kid.
0: Like, he didn't get dog-walked like Justin Long did and Live Free or Die Hard.
1: Listen, I know you want to bring this back up and just tear that movie down. What, are you going to revise it down and give it less monkeys this week like you do all the other weeks with the other movies? You flip-flopping you know? John Kerry motherfucker. <laughs> <laughs> you know when flip-flop, flip-flopper became the political insult of the day? Like, yeah, you flip-flopper.
0: Uh, bring those days back.
1: Jesus, for real. yeah. Y'all please let me be a flip-flopper.
0: Or, or the Dan Quayle controversies with Murphy Brown and Potato. Bruce and his assistant go to a baseball game to meet with an owner having an image crisis who lied to the public about giving to charities to get public money to build a new stadium. Bruce has his assistant grab some kids from the bleachers to to shove to shove pies in the owner's face for a puff piece to rehabilitate. His name is Bobby Riley. To rehabilitate Bobby Riley's image. Bruce, and assistant go get some sushi after this and she was not happy with Bruce's image consulting.
1: Hmm. Well, he's direct but I don't know. I kind of knew that guy was dirty. The baseball owner guy. Stealing all the money from the yeah. kids.
0: But she reveals she didn't like that Bruce was exploiting children to help the Craven billionaire. She help, She appeals to him and, and she breaks through for a second. It's, Bruce agrees to throw the tape away. They go out to the parking lot and Bruce shits on her excitement about his change of heart. So even though he showed a sliver of Compassion. He just went right back to Being image dick. consulting.
1: Yeah. Yeah, he was a horrible. I mean, you could tell that she was fawning over him. The British British lady. What's her name?
0: Emily Mortimer.
1: Yes, Mortimer. I, and he was so like I felt bad. I mean, that's a PG movie, but he was the way that he treated her as a as a man to a woman was deplorable.
0: He was like basically was, gaslighting her.
1: Um, be, I, I don't even know really what that actually means. I, I, I kind of think I do, but really not, I would if somebody asked me to define it, I probably would say no.
0: It sounds good.
1: <laughs> but it sounds about right, yes. He was lighting her gas all kinds of ways.
0: Bruce goes home and he sees someone run around. He calls Janet, played by Lily Tomlin, about his security system, stating he woke her up, too, which is a dick move. Stating it should be upgraded to the point that he'd like to see charred flesh.
1: Well, it was interesting. So okay, so he calls calls Lily Tomlin, says I saw something running around. I don't think he said I saw a kid, did he?
0: No. Anyway, he he goes
1: back to sleep. Right. So he wakes up. He thinks he sees something. He goes back to sleep, which I could as a there's no way as a as like the man that I've grown into. I would be up all night. I'd be walking around the house, pacing around with a weapon. So he goes back to sleep. He's wearing a blue T-shirt that has UCLA on the top left and a pair of dark sweatpants. So later he gets up because he's roused again in the middle of the night by the kid, right? And he gets up with a bat and he goes in walking Easton. around, right? An Easton bat, right? He goes walking around. Good, that's a solid bat.
0: That's a good bat.
1: I had 30, probably 32-inch. What do you think? 33 maybe? Because Bruce isn't a big guy. He can't, he's not Jose Altuve. He's not going to swing the big wood out there.
0: He's a left-hander too.
1: Yeah, and you need a close quarter in a weapon. You, you can't have it like a 38-inch a bat. Anyway, so he goes to bed. He's got, what is it, the, uh, a blue T-shirt, UCLA T-shirt, dark sweatpants. He wakes up, gets his bat, gets his Easton. He goes, I think I heard a crime go. And he goes outside, and now he comes downstairs. Now he's wearing a gray T-shirt, UCLA T-shirt, and gray sweatpants. I was like, that's a horrible, horrible goof. Like, how the yeah. fuck can you mess that up? Uh, turtle tub, turtle tub. <laughs> I bet in German, that's all it means is like a tub you keep your turtles into. <laughs> oh, that's Jimmy Turtle Tubs. Um, Yeah, you know, I put that on the director, right? Or the editor, at least, to not be like, hey, that's a big continuity goof you got right there.
0: Unless Bruce was having one of his diva moments, and he was like, I like this gray sweatshirt better. You're just going to have to film it or eat shit, buddy.
1: (laughs) I'll tear the page right out of this fucking script.
0: Next! (laughs) (laughs) I've noticed that more, like, since we (laughs) came to the conclusion there's sometimes, like, there's a plot with his dad that's unresolved in this, and I bet they wanted to film a final scene where like Bruce is passing mashed potatoes, and Bruce was like, "Absolutely not, we're not filming that," because <laughs> they never resolve it. Like we talked about yeah. his dad, that's basically it. Like that, that should have been a key point in this movie, and it's just not there anymore.
1: No. Yeah, it's a turtle tap.
0: But Bruce finds a. Wright brothers model plane in the middle of the night when he's walking around with his Easton, he thinks his dad put it there too. Well, yeah.
1: What's it say on the bottom?
0: It says rusty, right? It
1: says rusty, not rusty, right? Just rusty. Cause he's not one of the Wright brothers. Remember we established that it's just a regular airplane.
0: <laughs> and then Bruce finds the kid in his living room playing with the red plane. The kid hops on his bike. This is the most like action. part of the movie, Bruce, so... Bruce is chasing a kid down which isn't a good look. He's in his, like, boxer shorts running down a kid.
1: He had a nice robe on, sensible robe, nice slippers.
0: He comes to a fence, a chain-link fence, and the kid runs through the fence. Bruce goes through the fence, and now they're walking around an airfield or a runway. Bruce is still going after him. Bruce walks into a diner that may or may not exist.
1: So when that happened, I was like, okay, so talking that we're now we're and this is pr- one of the, maybe the second time first or second time where the fucking Forrest Gump Disney movie comes in like the, the soundtrack and it's like the strings like the oh something magical is happening music and I was I was like I don't know about this and then immediately, my first thought was, he's having a dream. Like, this whole thing is a dream. This is like a Jimmy Stewart, I bumped my head. North. North dream movie, yeah. It was a fucking nightmare.
0: It probably was supposed to be a dream movie, and Bruce threw away that page.
1: Yeah, I'm not doing it. I already did this. I want to get cast as the guy has a dream about his life, guy.
0: Yeah, this could have went a more fantastical route. I'm glad it didn't.
1: Yeah. So did, wait, did he already catch the kid in his living room or that's the next time he witnesses or encounters the kid?
0: Yeah, he comes, he comes back. Bruce realizes something is off and he goes to see his therapist. Bruce mentions the airplane and there's some innuendo that Bruce is seeing a guy on the airplane. The therapist thinks that Bruce is telling her that he's gay, which would explain uh, that he's seeing a kid.
1: (laughs) Yeah, like, I'm not dating a child. I'm not stalking him. <laughs> just very interested.
0: But Bruce asked for medication to stop the hallucinations. She prescribes four pills. Take the rest of the day off. Come back tomorrow. He's having hallucinations, and he needs to find find out why.
1: Very irresponsible medically, I would say. Just, okay. Oh, here's some pills. Take these things that are going to knock you out. Does he ever... The oh, yes, way, there man. is a... There is, there is, he does take them. I remember he does try to take them. I don't know if he actually does, does he?
0: He he starts taking them at least. But he's going, he's gone home. He's enjoying like, you know, a day off. He's still working on one of his clients. Is on the Larry King show doing some obvious PR damage control. And he's just making things worse and stressing Bruce out even more.
1: Yeah, and you know what happened when Bruce gets his stress up? His eight-year-old doppelganger appears.
0: Yeah, here he is. He's watching cartoons. He's eating popcorn. Bruce threatens to call the police. Rusty realizes he might know this kid, though.
1: So in that scene, so the kid's sitting in the chair. He's watching cartoons. Rust startles Rusty. So big guy startles child, which, of course, if if an adult male snuck up on you in the middle of the night or you were nibbling on some popcorn, you'd be terrified, too. Rusty throws his popcorn in the bowl and the popcorn scatters everywhere, right? So then Russ spins the chair around. Popcorn's not there. No popcorn anywhere.
0: Turtle but
1: then, then when you see Rusty again, there he is, he's sitting in the chair. The shot comes back to him. It's covered in popcorn. Turtle taupe. Turtle, turtle Maybe turtle tab means impatient in German. You're being so turtletail right now.
0: Bad editor.
1: Oof. Bad
0: editor. Bruce asks the kid what he's doing there, and he explains that he came to get his airplane, his toy airplane. Bruce yeah. and the kid are recognizing that they are the same person.
1: He's, he's beginning to think something's up. Like, right. this is something, see, something's not right.
0: Bruce is 40, and the kid is 8. Their birthday is in a few days.
1: When Russ is in the bathroom, he's hiding from a little rusty in the bathroom. Like, go away! Yeah. I'm going to take these pills. So he opens a bottle of water. And he goes, to, takes a drink of it. And then the very next flashback to him, he opens a bottle of water again, takes a drink of it. And I was like, ooh, that's the same bottle of water, buddy. Turtle tab, minus three right now. He is a minus three on the day so far. You don't want to finish like that. You're going down to the bottom line. You know that.
0: Rusty realizes he's he's having a breakdown. He starts maniacally laughing. Here we get a great scene where Bruce is making a sandwich and he he puts cheese on it without taking the wrapper off. He's getting mayonnaise everywhere. His eye is twitching.
1: Oh, Bruce is incorrigible.
0: He starts yelling at the kid. He ends up in the bathroom. Here's where he takes his meds, hoping the kid will disappear. But he's still there when he opens the door.
1: Kid's still there, man. What are you going to do? You're a father. What are you going to do? You're a father of your own self.
0: Well, this is what he does. He takes the kid to meet up with Lily Tomlin in an empty parking garage. This was another good thing. <laughs> Get rid of him. <laughs> they go over his NDA. You know, she signs something, and he threatens to sue her if she breaks the confidentiality. He, he introduces her to his eight-year-old self with the instructions of wanting her to make the kid disappear. <laughs> <laughs> what do you mean? <laughs> so she cracks some jokes, and then she goes over and does a magic trick and when she drops the 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 cloak of her jacket, he's still standing there. The two Russies get in the car. Eight year old Rusty is crying, he wants to go home. Forty year old Rusty explains that they moved twelve times and he doesn't remember where they lived when he was eight.
1: Hmm. Likely story. Sounds like some repressed memories, Russ.
0: You didn't think that was funny when he told him they moved twelve times and the way Spencer Breslin started crying?
1: Did I think it was funny that a kid was crying? Yeah,
0: I found joy in
1: it. I forgot it. You're the you're the guy that likes, like, if a stripper gives him a lap dance, he starts crying. You get off on that. I remember that about you. <laughs> you love that when the strippers cry.
0: I thought everybody did.
1: I mean, you're the only person I've ever heard, like, in- sit, like insist. They're like, no, I want the weakest-minded person you have here.
0: I, I want me, I'm like, I want to over.
1: emotionally. Yeah, I'm not here to sexually do anything. I'm here to emotionally manipulate people into tears. That's what I'm here to do.
0: The two Rustys end up back at Bruce's. Eight-year-old Rusty is putting it together that he grows up to be a loser with no wife, no dog, he doesn't have a job flying jets.
1: Yeah, yeah. No, no, you check no boxes. What were your What were your boxes that you wanted to be checked when you were an adult? As an eight-year-old kid. Even generally in that area, that age range, you wanted to do what, what, and what?
0: I definitely wanted to be a baseball player.
1: At still at that, at like eight or nine?
0: Yeah, for sure.
1: I guess that's still old enough to think like yeah, that's a feasible definitely. thing. That was it? That was the other one no. you had?
0: That was basically it.
1: Oh, man, I wanted to be like a lawyer. I think because I remember Edgar Snyder.
0: He's a big deal now.
1: He was, always was. What are you talking about? He is a big deal. That guy was Yeah, but he, he's even bigger, on, bigger now. Well, I know, but that's what I'm saying. It's all Western Pennsylvania now.
0: Is he still alive or does the firm just have his name?
1: I'm sure he's still alive. That guy's so wealthy. like He's the kind of guy that's like Ted Williams, cryogenically frozen kind of thing. He's going to do that.
0: Here in Virginia, we have Lowell the Hammer Stanley.
1: Edgar Snyder would fuck that guy's day up, okay? He'd snap his I'll arms put- off.
0: I'm putting my money on the hammer. Old Edgar's just gotten rich and soft. Bullshit.
1: Bullshit. Edgar knows where he came from.
0: Does Edgar have a nickname? I know he has associates.
1: He doesn't need a nickname. People hear him. He's good. You know what he does? Turns people into pretzels. He's from the Snyder family. He's got the magic pretzel touch. He'll turn you into a fucking pretzel dog.
0: I reckon up there ain't no Snyder... Pretzels. That's Benzel country.
1: What are you talking about? You, you don't think Snyder's is slinging pretzels in Pennsylvania?
0: Benzel's pretzels.
1: Benzels can go fuck itself. I'll say that right here on this broadcast for everybody here. gibbles Snyder's. Yum. Hers. Mine.
0: Never. Did you ever take the tour Benzel's. of the, the, the Benzels factory?
1: Yeah, we thought we tried to burn it down when we were in, like, 6th or 7th grade or something like that when we were there. We were like, oh, my God, this place is all wood. Let's throw some matches. It was a dumb idea. We could have burned that place to the ground.
0: Yeah, you would have to call Edgar Snyder.
1: And associates.
0: (laughs) The Bruce wakes up.
1: Okay, money for you.
0: Bruce wakes up. The kid is nowhere to be found. He thinks all is well. He goes to his... His brunch. He's doing some image consulting with a long-haired hippie. He's giving it to him straight. When his eyes start twitching, the twitching has been going on for a while in this movie. And his eight-year-old self is banging on the outside window, telling about being hungry. Who
1: was the forty-year-old hippie, Billy?
0: Who was it? Was it?
1: it was Matthew Perry?
0: I thought he was the waiter, but I didn't see him. I read about it. That was him
1: in the giant wig and makeup and beard and stuff like that. That was Matthew Perry. 40-second cameo appearance total. That was, you yeah, didn't realize
0: I, that? No, I saw in the IMDb page that Matthew Perry had a cameo in this movie, and then I didn't see it. And then when it was over, I was like, oh, yeah, I was supposed to look out for Matthew Perry. He must really like Bruce because Matthew Perry was peak fame at this time. And he... He did three hours of makeup to do a 40-second cameo?
1: I think he did three hours of makeup. Let me see what it was. Matthew Perry. So after striking up a friendship with Bruce Willis on the set of The Whole Nine Yards, Perry accepted the role of shaggy-haired and heavily bearded Mr. Vivian. He spent three hours in makeup for the part, which lasts less than 40 seconds on screen. He also accepted minimum wage for the role and went uncredited.
0: That's crazy. He must have just wanted to hang out with Bruce for the day. I think.
1: Wouldn't you? Wouldn't yeah, you?
0: His assistant comes out. Bruce lies about who the eight-year-old is. He says it's his sister's kid. Problem is she knows all his nieces and nephews' names and ages. So Bruce really can't account for him. The red plane is flying around and the two rusties go to a diner where Mark Wahlberg's sister-in-law's cousin is a waitress. The
1: same diner. It's, they keep going to the Skyline Diner. It's the second Did visit you... to the Skyline Diner. Did I see Mark Wahlberg's sister's brother's cousin's roommate? No.
0: Yeah. You didn't recognize the waitress?
1: Yeah, it's Melissa McCarthy. I mean, I know that, but, I mean, it, like, how is she related to Mark Wahlberg?
0: Donnie Wahlberg's wife is Jenny McCarthy. Jenny McCarthy is Melissa McCarthy's cousin. What? Yeah. You didn't know no.
1: that? No, no, Really?
0: It's all true. I would not lie on this podcast. Ever. It was
1: from the McCarthy side of the family, huh?
0: Yeah. <laughs> That's amazing <laughs> that Jenny McCarthy is still famous. Like,
1: what do you I know talking I said, about?
0: She's doing the Mass Singer now.
1: Why is that? Uh, why are you not not believing that? She's talented. She's funny. She's got a great she's personality, not... and she's hot. She was hot. She was. I was
0: singled out. like She had 10 minutes, 15 minutes of fame written all over her.
1: Oh, yeah, but she, well, she stretched that out into like 40 years.
0: We've established I know talent when I see it because I didn't think Pink was going to make it either.
1: You know two things, talent and movies. Well, cinema,
0: I would say. Cinema, fine cinema. So now Bruce is image consulting his 8-year-old self. 40-year-old Rusty thinks the kid is there to learn how to fight. Bruce has to teach him how to fight. So Bruce takes the kid to see Chai McBride.
1: Shy McBride. And, yes, proceed to get his ass kicked and around and around and around, just getting chased around. And then just because he spent five minutes in a boxing ring with the champ, learning how to fight, gives this kid a quick one-two, pop, pop, drops this kid right to the ground. There's no way. Well, not lights out. We went down. He didn't go lights out, though, because he jumped right on top of him, and I was like, this is where you – Ground and pound. You need to get on his face here. Get your elbows in his eye sockets. He just slapped assist- him a couple times. Psh, psh, psh.
0: The assistant is putting it together that the kid is not who Bruce says he is. She comes over to take him for ice cream. She thinks Bruce has a secret son, like Schwarzenegger's son with the maid.
1: <laughs> don't do that. Don't. Bruce don't and the her.
0: Bruce and the kid get into an argument, an argument about whether or not to tell her. And if she'd even believe them or not. But during the argument, she passes out because they're being the same person so much.
1: She knows what's overwhelming. She knows what's up. She's British. She's got the the sixth sense kind of thing.
0: Bruce gets a call. He has to go to a wedding. The rest of the next day on short notice, someone is sick. Smash cut to eight-year-old Rusty is subbing in as a ring bearer. And when someone tells... Hold on.
1: Did you see who was at the wedding? No, who? Cuba Gooding Jr. He's one of the wedding guests.
0: He was a big star by then. What was up with him?
1: He was in the movie, man. He was, in, he was a, a wedding guest. Cuba. If I,
0: did, if I did see it, I didn't put it together. He's in some legal trouble now. His career is over.
1: Maybe that's why he was socking away that money for the future.
0: Uh, Someone tells Bruce to thank God his eight-year-old self is available because he was the only kid fat enough to fit into the suit. Yeah, that was funny. Yeah, there's some fat shaming in this movie that uh, Bruce has a hard time with because Bruce didn't like himself when he was eight years old. The 40-year-old Bruce didn't like himself.
1: Are you saying in real life or are you saying in the movie?
0: 40-year-old Rusty Duritz looked back on eight-year-old Rusty Duritz. With the
1: yes. Yeah. I thought you were saying Bruce, the reason that Bruce is doing this movie is because it was like a truth about his own life. No, that he hated himself as a child. And I'm like, no, he probably loved it. Just hogging around. Slaying ass.
0: Bruce, eight-year-old Rusty makes a move on Amy and asks her to marry him. <laughs> Oh, he weird. tries. He
1: tries. He gets it almost out. He starts crying. It was that was adorable.
0: Bruce and Amy discussed the proposal like that couldn't have been legit, legitimate or not. They were acting like it was a legitimate proposal.
1: I think she has a point like, hey, your eight year old self knows what is the right thing to do. Your 40 year olds well, 39 year old self, because this is his midlife crisis, of course. Your You know, your 39 year old soon to be 40 year old self doesn't get this but an eight-year-old you does
0: amy catches sports center where rich eisen and stewart scott are introducing the clip of the baseball owner being pied she realizes that bruce went into the dumpster after they left the restaurant and retrieved the tape she basically tells him to get bent and walks out
1: yeah she gets pissed she gets hot real quick
0: that'll happen bruce is- yeah Bruce is tucking the kid into bed, telling him he'll be all right, but he'll need to work hard. Eight-year-old Rusty is still dismayed that he doesn't have a dog or a chick. Rusty is watching TV where the news anchor he slaughtered on the airplane is on the news. He meets up with her for a cup of coffee. She therapies the kid that the kid is Rusty is there to help him, not the other way around.
1: Yeah, she's like a fairy godmother. Just popped in right at the right time, and again, I was like, "Oh my gosh, these, they're going to do it again! They're going to do it for the first time. It's going to be wonderful and beautiful." Shoot yeah. him!
0: She, she promised.
1: It was very maternal and loving.
0: Bruce calls Lily Tomlin, cancel all his appointments, move them to Friday.
1: Yeah, this was um, there's some fuckery going around here because this this is took place over several days. And every night shot of the movie, the moon is full every single day, which is possible.
0: But it's Hollywood. Yeah, Hollywood magic. So the two Rustys spend the day together. They're playing cards, they're getting to know each other, reminiscing about some schoolyard bullies. Rusty is awakening to his eighth birthday where there's a big fight involving a three-legged dog named Tripod. The, the movie takes a, a real tone shift here.
1: A dark turn. Hey, when, when they're playing cards, you know, they're supposed to be the same person. One's actually playing left-handed. One's playing right-handed. But the three-legged dog thing was fucked up. So these, like, the bully kids, Bruce knows what's going to happen. So Rusty, or Rust, tells little Rusty, hey, this is what's going to happen. You need to go stop this. They're going to abuse this dog. And so he goes, and the dog has fucking fireworks around its neck. Yeah. It's a three-legged dog that they've chained up, and they've draped hundreds of ladyfinger firecrackers all around its neck, and they're going to light them on fire. And I was like, that's not, that's animal cruelty, man. That is disgusting.
0: Yeah, they're, they're transformed back to the 70s. They're on the playground. Tripod is tied up. A, a kid pulls out a Zippo. He calls for the firecrackers. Rusty gets pushed down. He's taking some body shots from the bullies. He looks over to Bruce, who tells, oh, yeah. tells him to give him the one-two that he learned from Chai McBride. Give him give the old one-two. Pop, pop, The bully goes down. That was a weak-ass fight scene, by the way.
1: That's what I'm saying. Like, he just pop, popped him in the face, and that big bully, you know, twice his size, just drops to the ground.
0: Tripod is
1: how Tripod
0: is freed. They think everything is cool for a second, but then a teacher and a principal come out, and Bruce realizes it's not over yet.
1: This is going to happen for the rest of your high school, junior high and high school life. You're going to get bullied by this kid.
0: The kid is in the office. Rusty's mom shows up. She defends him. I have a personal story here. I got in trouble in school once and I did nothing wrong. A kid said I made him puke. Nobody believed me. It kind of changed me. It made me a cynic. Like that day, everything changed.
1: It'd make another kid puke. He just. So, how, did you, how did you entice him up to puke?
0: I don't know. He threw up. And then the next thing I know, the teacher's like, Billy, come here. And she's like, why'd you make Phil Bottenfield puke? And I was like, what are you talking about? And she was like, he said you made him puke. And I was like, how is that possible? They call my mom. My mom calls. She basically <laughs> she basically hit me. Screams it up. No, no, really? Yeah, nobody believed me. <laughs> really? I'm, I'm not joking around when I say it changed that day. Because your whole life, I, this was like fourth grade, your whole life like, hey, if you have a problem, tell an adult, tell an adult. And here I am telling like these adults that I didn't do anything wrong. And they were all like, you're a kid puker. You make kids puke. And I was like, I didn't make them puke. It broke me, man. <laughs> that's
1: insane, that, uh, that's insane that, that adults would be like, you made him puke.
0: Yeah. How do you?
1: Somebody puke. You have to fart in their mouth or something. Like, gross.
0: <laughs> he said his that story was like nuts. I took food out of my <laughs> mouth or something. But he, the mom defends him the way my mom should have defended me. But we find out that the mom is sick, and the dad comes out and he's oh, yeah. scaring eight-year-old Rusty, shaking him. Story here. Or Rusty's dad is shaking him, telling him to stop crying and to grow up. I pissed <laughs> off my dad. I watched this on Christmas, on <laughs> Christmas Day, and he told me to grow up two times. Oh I didn't God, do any No, uh, but I pissed him off over the phone. He told me to grow up. I, I decided to watch this movie where, the, where within an hour, Bruce Willis's dad is shaking his boy telling oh, him to grow up. Okay,
1: so I just got it. So this happened like five days ago. Your dad told you to grow up. Okay, okay, I'm with you. That's awesome. Yeah, that's awesome.
0: And I didn't do anything wrong. He's scared because he's sick. He,
1: did he, did, he talk, did, did he say, you
0: made me puke? Uh, Rusty's dad is shaking him, telling him to stop crying and that they're going to lose her soon. Rusty's dad was afraid of the stress caused by the fight. Bruce is looking on and tells the kid that his mom will be gone before her next birthday.
1: His next birthday.
0: Right. Yeah. So Bruce hugs himself and now he starts to cry and the kid makes fun of him for crying, which was a good line.
1: This is a common trope in American like psychotherapy is basically like you go back and you visualize your childhood self and then hug yourself and, oh, it's going to be okay. I got you. You turn out okay. So this was – that was a point where I was like, oh, you're hugging yourself. Oh, my fucking – it started to get a little sappy. A little. That was like a very big sap point for me.
0: I cried. The tone shift was stark. And what's funny is Shay was you watching this with at this? me. I, I bawled. Gosh,
1: you? you oh, Jesus Christ. This is it's this is consistent with your past reviews of other movies and opinions of things. This should make you cry. Well,
0: it was very funny. Shay fell asleep right before the tone shift. So when she woke up, she saw me crying and was like, "What is wrong with you? Who did why are you crying to this movie this kids movie and i was i showed her the scene where he was shaking him growing up because we were talking about how my dad had told me to grow up earlier in the morning and i was like look at this shit like look what just happened it, it, she was like unbelievable <laughs> <laughs> it was a you real journey
1: it. yeah you got it. you got it. you took a, a trip on that one man
0: the two Rusties are back in the diner. They're sharing milkshakes on their birthday. A golden retriever comes in, and an old man with a very familiar voice calls for Chester to come on, boy.
1: Yeah, but they clink their milkshakes together. The little guy, or Russ, drops his. But it's like there's an edit point. They go clink, he slips out of his hand, and then boop, he's got a full milkshake again. Again, turtle trout, get You're your fucking really-
0: shit, tighten it up, man. You're really taking Turtle Top to task.
1: Taking Turtle to task is my top priority.
0: They follow t- the guy outside where a family is loading up on an airplane. The three Rusties talk it out. Old man Rusty gets on a plane with Chester, his wife, and some kids and some grandkids.
1: Yeah, no makeup, just uh, white hair and under a ball cap and a white mustache.
0: He had a MAGA had hat Bruce, and a mustache.
1: Yeah, MAGA hat and a mustache. Otherwise, Bruce Willis.
0: <laughs> yeah, no makeup. Whatsoever. In fact, 40-year-old Rusty looked older than like 60-year-old <laughs> Rusty. <laughs> yeah. uh, Bruce and Rusty oh. celebrate. They dance around. Oh. Oh, yeah. They shoot some guns off Yep, the They're excited about being pilots. They're excited about having a dog. They're excited about having a chick. The plane takes off, Bruce turns around and the kid is gone, which is also kind of sad. Poof. Poof. So Bruce has changed now. He he gives Lily Tomlin a vacation to Hawaii. He goes to see Amy who is still putting up with him. He shows up with a puppy. He,
1: he just but on the on the for Lily Tomlin, he just scratched out his name and wrote her name on the ticket. He was like, "No, this is for what? you now. You take it to them." And I was like, "Wow." Things were that was 2000, man. We were pretty arrogant back then. Uh, yeah, I'm just going to change the name on the ticket in pen. Here you go.
0: Amy invites Bruce up to smash, and she shuts the door as Jackie Wilson's Hire is playing as a credits roll.
1: I love Jackie Wilson. I love the song Hire. I think that's a, it's one of the greatest movie closers that you can possibly have. So-
0: I agree with Hire, though. I, I ended up like listening to the whole song. <sighs>
1: You, as man, I wiped you away players? my tears,
0: yeah, as I wiped I mean, away Jesus my tears.
1: Jesus Christ.
0: So, what did you think about this movie? On a scale of one to twelve monkeys, what do you give this?
1: I I, I went in not wanting to like it at all. I was just like uh, the the fact that it's called Disney's like possessive ass Disney's the kid has has always confused me. It's so kind of bothered me. I think that's why I've always resisted watching the movie. Plus, it's a children's movie. This is for kids. It wasn't bad. Um, it was. It's a watchable movie, and I think it would be fun to you know to watch it with my kids. I think they would absolutely. Well, at least some of them would be like, "Yeah, that's pretty good. It was fun." Charlie would probably. But man, it was like so sappy and sentimental and very. Like, oh, go, like, go hug yourself as a child. Everything in your adulthood is going to be all, all right, and your life's going to work out. Like, like Pollyannish, overly hopeful, overly positive. I hated that part of it. I hated Breslin as just not him as a person, just as that type, that, that type of actor in movies is a real hard pill for me to swallow. Um, so I think overall, I would...
0: Six monkeys? I give it six monkeys. It was like two different movies once that tone shift happened. I really like this a lot. I I had to ask myself. So the whole nine yards is kind of my bar at nine monkeys. And I had to ask myself, is this better than uh, the whole nine yards? And I don't think it is. So I'm going gonna, I'm gonna to give it eight and a half monkeys. Uh, it, I thought it was fast-paced. It never let up. It got surprisingly emotional near the end. Uh, also partly due to my baggage, Bruce and Spencer looked like they were. <laughs> Bruce and Spencer looked like they were having fun. Uh, this was a perfect follow-up to the disappointment that was "Live Free or Die Hard." Um, it had a great cast, top to bottom. There was no wasted scenes. Yeah, I, I think this was an underrated gem in in Bruce's catalog. It flies under the radar. I think the title does the film no favors. The title sucks, like you said. The poster sucks, also. Um, yeah but the, and the the score sucks the soundtrack sucks other than higher you had to wait two hours to hear one good song um but yeah it's a classic Disney formula I, I think it's well worth a watch
1: all audiences are for people with like traumatic brain injuries
0: it yeah all audiences you ready for some alternative examinations
1: depends Who's in there?
0: No pube this week. Pube did not review this movie. You've been waxed. Three and a half stars from Jack Norton. Bruce Willis being followed by a fat kid is way more amusing and entertaining than you would think. I agree
1: with that. Don't skip it. Don't even read it. Is that the whole review or just like the title?
0: Yeah, that's the whole review.
1: What a fucking dirtball. Eat shit, man.
0: With a backhanded compliment?
1: It's not even a backhanded compliment. That's a straight-ass insult. He called him a fat kid.
0: <laughs> it's fucked real.
1: up, man. He's a child. He's an eight-year-old child. Like you could control how you looked. You were all fucking jacked as an eight-year-old. You twat.
0: <laughs> I'm glad to see you're back into ripping. <laughs>
1: <universe>. <laughs>
0: but still, let's think about that. Just I
1: know nobody thinks about it. It's the internet, but Jesus Christ, man! Like,
0: <laughs> no, it flew over my head, and and you know this is what you're here for. <laughs> Three stars from Eden. That was not what I was expecting. Grandma cried. I'm with you, Grandma. I cried, too.
1: Well, there's two bitches that cried at the movie right there.
0: (laughs) (laughs) Uh, I have a lot of these. Three stars from Cookie Wallace. It's not as exciting or even as sentimental as they were aiming for, but minus some roughness around the edges, the kid is all right. Bruce Willis gets to be something other than an action movie meathead for once, and it produces mostly decent results.
1: Yeah, thats I don't disagree. That's a good review. Very good.
0: Yeah, these are all right down the middle. Three stars from Alexandra Furland, a mostly light, easy-to-watch movie with some extremely weird scenes here and there. That whole part where the kid has to beat up these bullies that want to torture a three-legged dog felt like a hallucination. That being said, it was a... Re- Reminder that Bruce Willis was a great actor back when he gave a shit. The scene where he sees his dead mom alive again and has to explain to his younger self what is going to happen really hits.
1: Also a good review. I don't disagree with it. You're not tearing people apart for their bodies.
0: Four stars from Oliver Sauce. Someone call the Wambulance because this one had me close to tears.
1: Well, two and a half bitches then. (laughs)
0: One more review from Hatsun Nico, half a star. The kid in this movie knocked up my best friend and kicked her out of their apartment so he could move in with his drug dealer while she was studying abroad to fulfill that part of her degree requirement before she had the kid. Fuck this dude.
1: So did they like the movie?
0: They do not like Spencer Breslin on a personal level.
1: Man, well, you know what? Don't fuck with the kid, or kid gonna fuck with you. Or your girl.
0: Yeah, very well said.
1: Get the, get the wheelist, man. Fire that fucking wheelist up.
0: Before I do that, I got three stars real quick. Uh, number oh. three, Spencer, Spencer Breslin. <laughs> I, I said it earlier, he kept up with Bruce. They say don't work with kids and animals, but this kid held his own. He was in the zone, I thought. There weren't any scenes where it felt like he was overmatched or in over his head. His sister Abigail was great in Little Miss Sunshine also.
1: I don't agree with that third star at all. I think that kid was um, <clears throat> that was a train wreck. I'd rather see the cartoon cat in his place.
0: MC Scat Cat.
1: Paula Abdul video. Yeah, put Scat Cat in there. Make Paula Abdul the love interest. I, I hate whatever. I mean, I hate kids unless it's a bunch of kids acting together,
0: like The Sandlot. Sandlot's great. Sandlot's great uh number two stars one of my favorite people on the planet lily tomlin uh i've always gravitated towards comedians on t- tv even as a kid lily tomlin was one of the first comedians i would watch on tv i remember seeing her in the big rocking chair and oh yeah but she was high in um nine to five with the cartoons flying about oh her head God. for some reason
1: yes yeah
0: yeah, for some reason, that scene always stuck with me, even though I was too young to get the joke. And then when I rewatched the movie a couple of years ago and saw that scene, it, it like took me right back. And I was like, Lily Tomlin.
1: You're like, that's why I loved Weed so much.
0: Yeah, she planted in
1: your brain, man, that we connected the comedy wire together. Uh,
0: I, I wish she had more to do in this film, but also at the same time, her character didn't really require it.
1: Yeah, but she could have, yeah, I agree. She just made it better. Just being there.
0: Yeah, she, she up the batting average of the team, basically. Yeah. Third star, I got Bruce Willis. I think he was going for an Oscar in this movie. Like, I think he thought this was his Tom Hanks in big role.
1: For as many as like count the number in your head of the times he gave like the the this Bruce Smolder, the Bruce Willis like innocent. Exactly. His deep steel or whatever, his blue steel. (laughs) So many times he's he's dipping into the. I'm going to purse and pout my lips and give you the puppy dog eyes.
0: Yeah, Bruce made a lot of money off that smile. Um, I thought his chemistry with the kid was great. How they kept doing things at the same time. They kept going to the bathroom at the same time, which was funny.
1: That was weird. I thought that was weird. That's just like, I just want to be able to say butt cheeks. That's what I'm talking about, yeah. Oh, yeah. Spin it. Clickety click. Oh, yeah, that's the sound I make.
0: We got number 26. You ready to go to outer space?
1: Fuck, yes, I am.
0: Mercury rising. I don't want to close my eyes.
1: No, I don't want to close my eyes.
0: Oh, I got you good. Mercury rising. You ready for some Alec Baldwin action? Oh, 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 I'm a rising. We got to play the voicemail of Alec Baldwin yelling at his daughter.
1: You, you greedy little pig.
0: You're All a greedy right. little pig. So, thanks for listening. Happy New Year, everybody. And uh, keep it Brucey. <laughs> Say you wanna be down east back. Oh, motherfucker, you beat down out my face. Fool, I'm the illest. Bulletproof. I die harder than Bruce Willis. Got my-